step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Right now, though, joining us on the radio show, sitting with us here, Dick, at Media Day. It's amazing because the guy looks like he's 10 years old still, and it's amazing to me that Jonathan Smith, the former UW offensive coordinator, play caller for the last Final Four team at UW, is already in year six on the job at Reeser Stadium in Corvallis. And Coach Smith joins us right now from Media Day in Vegas, courtesy of EduKings.com. How are you, man? What's going on? I'm doing well. Time does fly, man. Going year six and all of it. But it's always good to see you. Well, it's great to see you. Ten wins a year ago. And I guess there's an assumption, an easy assumption by guys like me, yeah. that you're pleased with the direction that Beaver football is going. Well, no Are you? Yeah, the direction, no question. Not, we're not uh, satisfied, right? But uh, there's been some heavy lifting. I mean, you know how it is. We got down here and put in some work over a couple of years and gotten the place in a better spot. And, and now each year is new. I uh, yeah. got, a, got a chance to compete again this fall. And I think we got a good roster to be able to do that, compete. But this conference is loaded now. I mean, the quarterback position thing, nothing's going to be easy. So it's going to be challenging but exciting at the same time. i got to ask you, because I've known you a long time, so I feel like I can just be kind of direct with you. How did you get DJ Ungalele to come to Corvallis? Because when he was a recruit, recruit yeah. a five-star guy, <laughs> I love you, and I love what you're doing in Corvallis. But I never thought of DJ Ungalele when he was in high school as yep. a fit for Corvallis, Oregon, and now he's there. What happened? Yeah, I think you know the timing for where he was at in his career and what we were kind of looking for to add some competition to the room. I think the fit of the offense, what he was looking for to be able to kind of show some different skills that he possesses. Uh, you know, Our offense fits that play a little under the center and play action pass, so got into conversations about it. And, yeah. and winning 10 games does not hurt. Uh, what we got returning old line wise, he was intrigued with, and yeah, yeah. PFF PFF has you guys with one of the best offensive lines in college football this year. I think I saw them have you third or fourth in America. Man, yeah. are they really that good? This well, offensive well, we're, line? <laughs> we're gonna find out. We got some you know returners, so some guys with some experience and talent. Um, but each year, like I say, is new, and and we do we showcase a lot with the old line because we do run the ball and, and make the game. We try to make the game physical, and they've done that in the last couple of years. Yeah. Go back to Angalele, uh, Jonathan, for a quick second. For fans that haven't watched this guy play, and a lot of people have, obviously, at his yeah. previous stop, and you know he's all over YouTube and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. What does this kid bring to the table, and is it fair for fans to expect him to be an upper echelon Pac-12 quarterback from the jump? Well, I think he's got a chance to be up up there. Again, this this talent pool at quarterback in this league is, is really high level. Mm-hmm. But the kid is physical. He's a, he's a great teammate. You can see it just coming into our locker room in January, getting around the guys. He loves the game, works at it. Um, yeah, he's got arm talent. He's physical, 250 pounds, and can move his feet. And so we'll, we'll probably use a little of that skill set on occasion. Um, so we like it. I think all we'll, we'll tell this season. You know, we're going to sit here and talk all day. Yeah, yeah. And we'll find out how it goes starting September. Well, that's what I was talking to you off the air about. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've got severely undiagnosed ADD, to be honest with you. And I, I'm just ready for week one. Right? Yeah. Like, let's not talk and let's just skip practice. If every coach would agree to not have fall camp and just go straight, straight to week to one point. right now, would you be up for that? Is <laughs> you, are your boys ready to play right now? I don't know. I, I need some prep, man. <laughs> we, we need some practice. Well, Jonathan Smith is with us, head coach at Oregon State. So the state. 
stadium's done now, yeah. right? Oh, so yeah. I thought it was one of the real unique kind of characteristics about Corvallis is that for years and years and years, half the stadium looks like an NFL stadium, and the other half looks like a high school stadium. stadium. Now the whole thing looks like an NFL stadium. What does that actually do for you tangibly when it comes to recruits, donors, ticket sales, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, it does a ton. I mean, for recruiting part, you know, guys want to play in a big-time place, and the, the energy that the program has from our fan base now to come into a first-class facility and home field advantage is huge. And Corvallis, we think we've got a got an advantage there, and this adds to it. And, yep. and so um, there's a bunch of buzz about the place. It looks awesome. Cannot wait to open it here. Uh, first home game in September. You know, we're thinking about how much the landscape of college football, Jonathan, has changed. And again, Jonathan Smith, head coach of the Beavers, with us from Pac-12 Media Day, courtesy of Venue Kings in Vegas. How much of your job is actually coaching football? Now, yeah, it's honestly, gotten less, it's gotten less and less. We talked <laughs> to a few of these head coaches missing some of that, the ball side of it, because it is a big operation now from the recruiting side, the fundraising side, obviously the development of your players on and off the field. Um, there's less and less. T- totally different job than when I was in Seattle with you guys, you know, coaching quarterbacks. Yeah, well, and I'm, I, I think about the future of this conference. And I think about places like Pullman and places like Corvallis, Oregon, and what it's going to mean for you guys. Is there any kind of, I don't know, maybe fear is the wrong word, but are you aware of the idea that, hey, this thing could potentially move on and we might be left out because of our market size. Is, is that even something that crosses your mind? I mean, you're aware of you know rumors and talk, and the, the reality is it's just so far out of, outside of my control to even waste a lot of mineral sure, energy on sure. it. Sure, uh, pretty, pretty confident in this conference, the history that it's been, that uh, staying together. And, and I do think on the West Coast, these teams, we provide high-quality football that people are really excited about and uh, looking forward to staying together for a long time. Do you think the conference needs to replace USC and UCLA? There's been some conversations that we've had that, hey, just go back to 10. Go back to what right. it was when you played the game. Yeah, I mean, 10's not awful. Again, I'm not an expert in the space. I haven't been in the in the conversations. Uh, I do know that, you know, looking just in the Northwest, the four teams in the Northwest are going to be really good this year. Yep. Um, so there's some good football there. Is it hard in the NIL landscape for you guys down there? How do you think you're performing in the NIL landscape? And I guess more importantly, how have your fans and donors responded to it down there? I think we're competitive in the space. I think everybody's got to be in the space, and and there's a lot of good to it. Um, So I think we're we're being really competitive. I think our fan base more and more has recognized the idea. And just I think think every college fan base has recognized the importance of it and want to continue to support the program. All right, you won 10 games a year ago. And when you start to win double-digit games, the fans want more double-digit <laughs> wins, right? They don't want to go nine and three; they want to go ten and two. Oh, they yeah. want they want eleven wins. They want Rose Bowls. They want uh, Final Fours. They want New Year's Six. So, give us kind of your hey, if everything goes great scenario, what has to happen? What does Oregon State football need to do this year to take that next step and actually be in the mix for a conference championship that you did not do a year ago? Yeah, I think we got to be a little more explosive in the past game to score some more points. Okay. Again, I go back to this. This conference in general, and people are going to be able to score. The quarterback play in general is going to force you. You're not going to win a lot of games 14 to 10. And so we got to throw the ball better than we did a year ago. We made an emphasis. I think we got a chance to do it with the receiver play we got coming back. Already added some competition in the quarterback room, O line yep. thing. Yep. So. If we can take a step there, play some good defense again, I think we'll have a pretty good chance. Talk about that receiving room. You know, it's funny that they just announced the other day that Ocho Cinco, I guess he's calling himself Chad Johnson again. He's back to Chad. Right. Okay. Former Beeve is going into the Raven Ring of Honor, uh, or the Bengal Ring of Honor, along with Boomer Esiason. Sorry. So 
you guys are always known for having, you know, maybe a couple of big-time wideouts, you know, running back every single year. What does that group look like now, and who are the guys that people should keep an eye on? Yeah, well, Anthony Gould, who's down here today, yep. um, play, he'll be a uh, number one target probably for us as a, at a receiver. He's a big-time punt return, led the country, punt return average last year. Um, so we're counting on him to make some plays, and, and we do. We've got a running back room that's all back, every guy that played last year. Is back, led by Damian Martinez, was freshman of the year. Yep. Uh, but Deshaun Finwick and Jam Griffin, and so we feel like we got a stable of guys to be able to rotate. We got Keith Bonifa back here coaching them. Unbelievable. And so Katie, you just, you know, go away. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing with those running backs, and which UW would know all about. And so we're. We feel like those, again, the, the running back room and then Gould and Silas Bolden be the, the other wide out. We count on those guys making plays. Okay, well, you guys uh, are coming up here. Last one for Jonathan Smith, and we'll let you go. I'm getting the wrap-it-up sign here already. I don't want to irritate Jeez. people from the jump. You guys are uh, get, or actually, we're going down there to yeah. Corvallis, November the 18th. Uh, I like getting a kind of a take from everybody on what's happening up in Seattle. Kalen DeBoer goes from four wins to 11. Michael Penix is a, uh, obviously in the top 10 for the Heisman Trophy, yeah. 40 points a game. What do you think of what you see happening at your old uh, job up in Seattle? Yeah, and they're doing a really, really good job. Starting with that quarterback, he is a good player. He is accurate, obviously competing against him last year. Kalen, uh, top-notch uh, with the way he does things and the people he surrounded that building with, and, and there's some talent there. So, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be tough. And, we look forward to seeing him. I yeah. will say, and glad we're in Corvallis. All right, man. Listen, go get him. Good luck, except for that weekend. We'll talk soon. All yeah. right, buddy. Appreciate this, pal. Appreciate it. Son. Great yeah. to see you, man. Jonathan Smith with us on the radio show. We're going to break a lot more to come from Media Day in Vegas, courtesy of VenueKings.com. Next, right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy live from Resort World in Las Vegas for Pac-12 Media Day. Proudly brought to you by Venue Kings on your home for the Huskies. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. All right. Happy Friday. We are in Las Vegas, Nevada. As if maybe you thought it was Las Vegas, California or Las Vegas, Florida. Why do people do that? Why do I say Las Vegas, Nevada? It's obvious we're in Nevada because yeah. we're in Las Vegas, for God's sakes. But I don't know, man. It's uh, It's been a crazy day so far this afternoon. Uh, big thanks to George Klyovkov for joining us on the radio show. Lincoln Riley, head coach at USC. Jonathan Smith, the uh, Beavers head coach, was with us last segment. But joining us right now on the radio show, we're going to get to the Husky train, uh, uh, boys and girls, because we got uh, Mike Penix joining us at 5.30, Kalen DeBoer about 5.10. But right now he's back for... I think it's his 13th year in college football. 13th year. Or it feels that like it. Absolutely <laughs> is with us on the radio oh, show. And it's, is this year six for you? Is that right? It's year six. Okay, so when you came out of high school and I told you you're going to be in college for six years, what would your reaction have been back then? I wouldn't have believed you, and I wouldn't have liked the, I wouldn't have liked the answer. <laughs> but I just want you to remember that when Zion gets on here, I want you to say these exact same words that he's old as crap, too. Old as crap, he's too. Old as crap, too. You so, know what? Yeah. Hey, wait until you're my age, and then you're really <laughs> you're old as king crap when oh you're my, my age, for God's sakes. But you would have not enjoyed that six years ago. You would have thought, man, really? What yeah. about now? Because you're going to be 50 years old one day. You're going to look back and wish you had a year seven in college football. Yeah, yeah I will. Uh, it, it's just honestly just gratitude. You know, I'm so grateful uh, to be able to play college football for six years because it's not, you know, it's not guaranteed. You know, even, you know, being on scholarship for this amount of time, uh, people find out, people get kicked off the team. It's not a guarantee that you can play six years. So right. to be able to be wanted for a six year just in itself is, you know, 
a blessing in itself. So I, I, I do not take it for granted, you know, and I am grateful for it, even though I am a little bit old. So. Yeah, well, i got to be honest with you. Uh, you talk about being wanted for a sixth year. I'm pretty sure Kalen wants you for a seventh year and an eighth year <laughs> and a ninth year and a tenth year, so there's no worry about that. But it, it's funny because I have in my notes here, the game that you came back after your rehab was the Oregon game. Yep. Two things. Did you pick that game on purpose to come back so you could make sure to play in the Oregon game? Oh, man. To be honest, uh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ironic thing about it was that when Zion was hurt, he had the UCLA written out. And I kind of wanted to do the exact same thing. So when I put that game, the trainers were like, oh, no, like, we don't really know about that. And so I was just like, okay, I let it go. And I wrote it on my wall, and I made sure that it was there. So I always knew that it was going to be, you know, that game specifically that we was going to come back. And you had six tackles in that game. I think they felt your presence right away. The play that I remember, though, is when Whittington slipped on fourth and one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to say he slipped. If you watch the tape, though, I see Eddie Olafoscio coming off the edge, about ready to blow the guy up. What do you remember about that fourth down play against Oregon? Oof, I just remember that look. It's uh, they've been running it all, you know, all basically all game. It was like a little seal inside zone look, and the way that I knew that that gap was going to be open, I was literally just like, if you saw it, I'm literally getting into like a like a sprinter stance because I knew I was going to shoot that gap and like. <laughs> I was going to hit something. I don't know if it was going to be the guy with the ball, but I was going to hit something with that ball. So when he slipped, it was I was low-key. I just took it as the tackle, to be honest with you, because I, I, <laughs> I was right there to make the tackle. So yeah. Well, you should have taken it as a tackle because you're right. You were in position, but just kind of putting a bow on that game. To, to, to come back and have that be your first game back and then win it down there in Eugene, the bus ride to the airport, yeah, the party on yeah. the way home. Just tell me about what that night meant to you personally. It meant a lot. It meant a lot. First of all, just you know, considering that it was like the game coming back from literally rehabbing for nine months, mm-hmm. uh, it was just hard just going through that. And just the fact that it was Oregon and uh, the previous games that we've had were just so emotionally draining to right. lose those games. You know, every single year. Uh, P money missing in 18 to come back in 19 or to come back last year and you know kind of like it's like a full circle moment in like the next year when oh. we had the big lead and then we they come back in our own stadium and it beats us and uh, them taking the Pac-12 championship away from us in 2020 it's just like it's over and over and obviously you know what happened in 21 so yep. to be able to beat them that year it's just uh, it was definitely like a special a special feeling. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to uh, some people earlier about the way the tiebreaker system works in the Pac-12. And, again, Eddie LaFoscio, UW linebacker, with us here from Media Day in Vegas. And the old system, you would have played USC in the Pac-12 championship game last year. Mm -hmm. The new system led to a three-team tiebreaker, which I still can't figure out, by the way. And it led to Utah playing in that championship game. Were you watching that USC-Utah game and just grinding your teeth the whole night the way I was. Oh man, we were we were all watching as a whole watch party. And the worst part is that Utah won. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, obviously, like we would want to be in that game, and uh, basically, the numbers told us that we weren't going to be in that game. And yep. I to this day, Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't understand it, but at the end of the day... If we don't lose the ASU, if we don't lose the UCLA, it's a different conversation. So at the end of the day, it's always on us to make sure, sure that we're in those positions. And, it, I mean, we shouldn't have left it up to that chance because other two winnable games at the time, we were. I mean, they were both one-score games. And, uh, you know, we we didn't do our job at the end of the day. And, you know, that that's sometimes are the consequences. And uh, mm-hmm. it just makes sure that, you know, like this next season, even with all the – hard competition that we have that it's always us versus us and yeah uh we dictate our season you know we can beat every team on our schedule but our our uh opponents could beat all of us at the same time too so we always have to make sure that we make sure that we do our job every single week week in and week out you know to make sure that that doesn't happen again no doubt no doubt well eddie lafoscio with us uw linebacker so you can't name yourself mm-hmm. who's the baddest of the baddest of the linebacker spots <laughs> and i can't name you can't myself name yourself you can't name yourself uh, you're sitting in my okay. shoes doing a radio show you're 50 years old you got a gut you're out of shape your back hurts the whole thing all right i'm gonna fast forward to 2053 and you're talking about the husky linebacker crew who's the baddest guy in that position group and you can't say yourself I'll say Alfonso Tupatala. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely. Okay. Well, first of all, he's Samoan, so he already has the advantage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, it's just it's just simply because you know he was my blueprint when I was hurt. So he tore his Achilles in twenty one, and uh, no one expected him to come back. And you know, just seeing him in the weight room, just working and grinding, and you know, I know it wasn't easy. He was drained every single workout, but mm. he was just getting. So uh, he was getting so much better. It was inspiring to see him come back. So when I had my thing, I literally see him go through it. So he was teaching me so much about what it took and, like, the mental toll that it took, but, like, the delayed gratification that it gave him. So I would say that he's probably, you know, the toughest person just because of the resilience that he has. Okay. okay. So, How about the new guy from USC? The new go, guy from USC. Go forth. He is, he is swaggy. He is definitely swaggy for sure. Uh, Does he back it up? Yeah, he does. Okay. He does, man. Right. He he's a very intelligent player. You know, he was, we was just we were actually just talking during our uh, PRP just about like offensive communications and ways that we can uh, disguise our looks to you know basically mess up their like blocking scheme. So he's definitely a very intelligent player. We watch film, we work out together, and uh, yep. he's definitely you know a person that I would love to play with and very excited to play with uh, in that regards because you know he's very. I mean, you've seen him what he did in the spring with that hit. So he's very uh, he's a very aggressive player and he definitely makes plays. So he plays with a certain speed that you know I like to play with and it's very great on defense. So well, I will leave you with this, and this might be me putting way too much pressure on the defense side, defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But when I say it, maybe you'll understand and you'll agree. Maybe you'll punch me in the face. I have no <laughs> idea. A lot of people like to do that, by the way. I think this season, it's kind of on you guys yeah. on the defense. Mm-hmm. I think this offense is going to click. They're going to score forty points a game. I mean, they got everything they they. Offense has everything they need. Yeah. Tell me how this defense plays, and I'll tell you how Washington football does in 2000. Is that, is that unfair to say this thing is kind of you guys go out there and you take that next step and the sky's the freaking limit? 
I mean, it would it'd be an argument to say that it wasn't right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, we've been in situations where our defense was clicking, the offense was, and we didn't go anywhere. So, yep, it for sure. Uh, yes. I, it definitely takes two, and we definitely need the offense to win games. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I have full trust in Coach Murrell and Coach Ends to put us in position to make plays. And you already know that we have the players. We have ZTF. We have Braylon. We have Thule. You know, we can go on and on with the DBs, with Elijah Jackson, Jabbar, Mish, Dom. Uh, you have me, you have Zoe, you have RG. You know, we have all the keys that we need to make plays. We just got to do Love our it. job. Yep, go so. get them. Go get them, man. Get him, yeah. Can't wait for uh, that Boise State game in September. It's going to be great to see the uh, see the season get kicked off. In the meantime, stay healthy. You're all good, right? No yeah, restrictions on you. You're no back. Injuries are behind you, and forget about it, right? 100%. All right, you're the man. Great stuff, yeah. Eddie. Appreciate, Appreciate this, boss. Eddie Olafosio yep. with us on the radio show. We've got a break. A lot more to get to. Kalen DeBoer, by the way, will join us at 5 o'clock tonight. Kyle Whittingham, head coach at Utah, the dean of Pac-12 coaches, coming up at 6.30 tonight right here from Vegas at Media Day, courtesy of VenueKings.com on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy live from Resort World in Las Vegas for Pac-12 Media Day. Proudly brought to you by Venue Kings on your home for the Huskies. Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. All right, we're back in Vegas for Pac-12 Football Media Day. I know a lot of people would love to have this thing in L.A., but we're in Vegas at the Resort World Hotel. It's like a big old complex. I think there's like 15 hotels, 85 pools, 120 bars, and 328 restaurants in this thing. But a guy who I know would love to have this thing in L.A., because he could walk to Media Day, is the head coach at UCLA, Chip Kelly, with us live from Vegas. How are you, man? I'm good, and we take all the... All the grief for having it here because it's, yeah. it's our fault. It is we, your fault. We had a great setup in L.A. Yeah. and then we blew it. Yeah. So. You know, a lot of stuff is actually your fault. Yeah. All, the, all the consternation <laughs> about this conference, what the other ten schools do, yeah. what the media rights deal looks like. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of half kidding, obviously. I'm no. not blaming you for any of it, but you, you get it. We do. I get it. I get it. We, we have a role in this, and we, we have to own it. I mean, it's like we tell our players. If you, make them, if you do something wrong, you've got to own it. So we, <laughs> we, we own it. So we got... It is what it is, and yeah. it'll be t- it'll be hard because this is I'm, I am sentimentally attached to this conference. So. Does it? Let me ask you this: Does it feel weird to be here at all? It does a little bit. Okay, tell me why. We didn't go to spring meetings, um, and hmm. like last year we went to meetings, but they we were in for five minutes and then they asked us to leave so they could discuss. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time that happened it was when I was in elementary school, and the principal said, "You're wrong, and we're going to keep your parents in here." And get outside, so. So we so had all those flashbacks. All those flashbacks. Oh, what are they going to come out? Are they all mad at us? And so, well, is this is this better for UCLA football? Sell me on it. Sell I think, me, I think sell it me is. on this move being better. I really believe it is. Why? I think um, our game times. We will never play a game later than five o'clock on the West Coast for the rest of the time, because the last TV slot for the Big Ten is at eight o'clock. So we're going to play between noon on the West Coast and five o'clock on the West Coast. For the rest of the time, all the games are on linear television, so it's on CBS, NBC, or Fox. Um, so I think the exposure nationwide mm-hmm. will be better than it is just specifically on the West Coast. I think sometimes the conference gets forgot about when you're always playing and when you always get put in that late-night time slot. Right, you know? right. David Shaw is a great friend, and David talked about Christian McCaffrey um, in 15, didn't win the Heisman Trophy, although he broke Barry Sanders' all-purpose record by 500 yards. Because nobody watched him play. He played eight of his 12 games at 7.30 or later right. on the West Coast. Correct. Half of the country. He played, he, he went off in the Rose Bowl, and people were like, who is this guy? And I was like, who is this guy? It's been the same guy it's been all year long. <laughs> but they didn't. They don't get a chance to see him. So I think from an exposure standpoint, um, it'll be better. 
Yeah. You know, and I, there are, there are positives to it, you know, but there are still, I'm still a traditionalist and understand that I know Los Angeles is not in the Midwest and we're in a Midwest conference now. So, but I understood when the, when it was, and I had no say at all, but when they told me what was happening and the vote was going to happen in two hours, mm. why it was happening. Well, I appreciate you being open and honest about it. I really yeah. do, Coach. Chip Kelly with the, uh, with us from UCLA. I mean, I, I know you have a team coming up we're going to talk about in a second here, but it's the story, right? I mean, this yeah. is what people are talking about, that mm-hmm. and the media rights deal. And, you know, look, I mean, obviously the travel issue has been brought up before. Mm-hmm. Your nearest opponent besides USC is 2,000 miles away in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, correct? The same distance from Los Angeles to Seattle. Okay. So, but you've also got Northern California. Yeah. You've also got Arizona. No, I know. But it, it, if you want to talk about just from a travel standpoint, we play four away games a year, and we travel on a bus. We drive right on the tarmac. We walk up to a chartered plane that's waiting for us, and everybody has a seat in between them, and it's all spread out. And right. We travel. We play a game. We turn around, and we return, and it's... It's if if traveling to four away games a year is 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 the biggest issue that somebody can okay. come up with, then okay. then there are there that it's not that big. A what deal. about the parents who want to fly to watch their kids play? Same thing. You got to fly yeah. to Seattle. You got to fly to Lincoln. Okay. All right. Hey, you, I'm just I, I, I'm listening. I generally agree with. You. I think stuff yeah. like that for kids really gets overplayed. Yeah, for sure. Now, if you're 75 years old having to do that in yeah. some kind of you know pinochle league, I'm, maybe it's I'm, a little different. I'm, I'm no different. But again, it's it's. They play the same schedule, so it's five and four. So okay. we'll play five at home and four away. Or the year we play five away, one of them's at La- in Los Angeles. So right. that's not a travel. But those are decisions. You know, we have kids on our team that aren't from Southern California, so their parents have to travel to twelve games yep. because they got to fly yep. to home games. So, you know, it's no different than how many kids in the state of Washington are on Washington's team. Uh, not as many as there are from California. Yeah, so yeah, their parents more, yeah. travel to sure. every game. Yes. So that that yes. excuse. Well, how about the parents travel? Well, parents in most cases yep. will travel to every single game their kids okay, play. Okay, so fine. That's part of it. Fine. So it makes sense. Whatever. Fine. You're doing the right <laughs> thing. Uh, Chip Kelly with us on the show. You got nine guys back on defense. Yeah, we do. Since when do you have nine guys back on? Yeah, defense? that's that's. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's about time. Um, we feel really good about where we are defensively, especially our front. Um, we still have a couple of answers at the safety spots. Um, and they, the kids that played there during the spring, but I think we'll be able to hang our hat on that. And then we have more depth at our skill positions than at any time since I've been there. Yeah. Um, so um, we just don't have the same experience, and that's the one factor. You know, you lose Dory and you lose Zach Charbonnet. Um, you yep. know, you, so you, you've lost some experience. Uh, Jake Bobo at receiver who's playing for the Seahawks right now. As is Zach Charbonnet. As is Charbonnet. <laughs> um, and it's, it's – uh, um, that's the part that you wish you, you always wish. That's the the tough combination. But I think our depth is better than it's ever been. Well, you mentioned Zach there, and you know Kenny Walker, the yeah. kid from Michigan State who yeah. had a good year with the Hawks last year. Now got a one-two punch with K nine and and Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, right. You coached in the NFL, so yeah. you know what Pete Carroll's kind of looking for. Need, Tell me about need, that idea of those to. two guys. You need to, you know, especially the way Pete wants to run the ball. And mm-hmm. Pete's always been a run the ball, play defense, and. Um, and and I think it's it's a it's a great get. I talked to John Schneider when they took him, okay. you know, about what a great practice player Zach was, and um, he'll be able to help you. And he's so unselfish that he'll play any special team for you. He he's a special young man, so I'm really really excited. And I can also tell Seattle fans that I don't know if there's a player in the NFL that works as hard as DK Metcalf because he's been at UCLA every day for the last five months. Really, every day. Wow, I mean, every day. Uh, you talk working about out using your facilities, out, uses all our that? facilities in in a work ethic that's 
and he's in the building every day at 6.30, and he leaves every day around 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I was, I just saw him two days ago. Geno Smith was there. He was there. Bobby Wagner was there. And they said, Coach, we just want to say goodbye. We're leaving tomorrow for camp. And I was like, DK, I'm just going to tell you, I've been. he was there for every single one of our spring practices. I mean, he just he got a work ethic beyond. I, 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 I'm really excited to watch how wow. he plays this season because I've watched how hard he's worked in the offseason. No, well, I love hearing that. That's yeah. awesome because the Seahawks went out and also drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba from yeah. Ohio State. He's a special player. Now they got him and Tyler Lockett yeah. and D.K. Metcalf. They yeah. got Zach Charbonnet. Tell me yeah. about Jake Bobo, though. Yeah. Oh, and D.K. said he, he did a really good job in the offseason program, and they're really excited. Um, tall, rangy target, uh, tremendous hands, can separate at the top of the routes, um, is tough, is physical, catches everything. Um, I, I think Seattle fans are going to be pleased and all of a sudden look up and say, hey, we, we, uh, I think Jake's got a legitimate shot of making that team. I love it. Well, Chip Kelly with us. And before you go, just a couple more. I, I, I'm a little salty about something. And it's, this is not your fault at all, okay. by the way. The Layatu Latu thing. Well, it, it, maybe when you were at the Ducks and the Niners it was. I mean, my two hated teams, Oregon and San Francisco. So now we can be pals again, okay? Pals again, yeah. But Layatu Latu. Yeah. Leaves UW with a neck injury, yeah. doesn't get cleared to play. Yeah. All of a sudden, he goes to UCLA, and boom, he can play. He can. I mean, how do like how am I supposed to process that? And now he's killing it for you down there. He is, and I think a lot of credit goes to him and the work that he did from a rehab standpoint. And then I know medically, his doctors, uh, I think it was the same doctor Peyton Manning had. We actually had a D lineman that had the same surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our medical staff felt really comfortable after going over everything with him. And, and there was no guarantee when he transferred in that he was going to be cleared to play. Um, and we told him that. you know, it's, I, I, it's not a decision that I ever would ever want to make or would ever make. Sure. It's got nothing to do with me. So sure. um, the medical staff determined that. And, and But he deserves a ton of credit for how hard he's worked in his rehabilitation. And um, it was funny because he said he didn't understand it because he was playing rugby for like the 19 and under national rugby team. I'm like, you're playing rugby right now? And you can't get cleared to play football? So, um, But I'm just so happy for him. And he had a great year for us last year. And, no doubt. And with a whole year under his belt, I, I think him, he's going to be one of the best players, in, edge players in the country. Have you named a starting quarterback yet? We have not. Okay. No. So we uh, we we specifically went through the spring and said we weren't and told those guys just to grow and be better at the end than you were at the beginning and they all were. Um, Who's in the mix? Ethan Garbers, um, former Husky, former Husky, Colin Schley, who's a transfer from Kent State, um, played against the Huskies last year when they played Kent State, mm-hmm. um, and then Dante Moore, who's a high school freshman that enrolled early in January, uh, and Justin Martin. Um, uh, who's a redshirt freshman for us. And then Chase Griffin, who's played a lot for us, is is, is the fifth kid in the mix. So um, we're going to figure it out here in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, shoot us a text when you figure okay. it out. All right. You you owe us that for screwing us <laughs> over and taking off for the Big Ten. Chip, great to see you, man. All right, buddy. We'll talk down the road. Good to see you. All right. Chip Kelly with us from UCLA. Uh, we got a lot more to get to from Media Day here, including Kalen DeBoer, head coach of the Dogs, going to join us next live from Vegas right here, courtesy of VenueKings.com on 93.3 KJRFM. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.